Hey, this is Zach Efron, and you're listening to The Stupid Cancer Show. I hate you both. I've hated you ever since I can remember. I hate you, and I wish you both had cancer. Cancer? Yes, in the head. <gasps> Somebody's got a case of the Mondays. <laughs> Hello there, children. Hey, hey, kids. <laughs> People seem to like me because I am polite and I'm rarely late. And now, the host of the Stupid Cancer Show, Annie Goodman and Matthew Zach. Woohoo! Not that there's anything wrong with that. Because he has a lot of chip stuff. Monday, March 4th, and welcome to the Stupid Cancer Show, the voice of young adult cancer. My name is Matthew Zachary, and I am a 17-year young adult survivor of brain cancer. And my name is Annie Goodman, journalist and young adult breast cancer survivor, and we're the hosts for the Stupid Cancer Show. It is not okay that 72,000 young adults are diagnosed with cancer each and every year, so... Got cancer under 40? Sucks, huh? Time to get busy leaving, folks, because the Stupid Cancer Show is changing the world one chemo infusion at a time. Join us tonight as we welcome Karen Shane, founder of the National Women's Survivors Convention, which is an effort to promote breast uh, cancer survivorship in women. Also joining us is Kathy Victoria, an editor of the Cure Magazine. And joining us in the Survivor Spotlight in Hodgkin's Lymphoma... Survivor Amber Vance. The Stupid Cancer Show is a production of Stupid Cancer, a nonprofit organization that empowers young adults affected by cancer online at stupidcancer.org. Okay, and a Stupid Cancer welcome to any and all of our first time listeners here on the Blog Talk Radio Network as we come to you live from the Chemo Deck, our fabulous studio in downtown Manhattan. And self ingratiating applause with some strange audio. There's like a little animal in here playing, pulling the string. The audio gnome is testing our equipment it's somehow. Fabulous. I don't know what that is. I think it's your iced coffee that's making it do My iced coffee is messing up the system? Yes. Well, let me try something. Did that work? That, uh, did uh, no, that did no. not work. Uh, okay, well, hopefully our listeners out there can... Uh, Bear with us through the show if there are little tickles and whatnots. Um, this is the second week in a row we've had some technical problems. It's because I switched the computer, isn't it's it? It's got to be that computer. It, there's something wrong with this computer. Did I don't you know turn what it, it off? is. I, I don't know. It's, well, I just muted it, and that's not the problem. So that's really bad news right there. Yeah. Well, and now it feels better. Did it go away? It's like they had a big explosion, and now <laughs> it's okay. I think we're okay. Okay. We well, cross our fingers. Yeah, fingers are crossed. I have no idea what's going on. We need to do a severe audit of this, uh, the monkey wrench and the, the gerbil spinning the wheel over there. 
Anyway. Yeah. Hi, Kenny. How are you, Matt? Welcome Hi, back. Annie. Yeah. Hi, Matthew. Okay, fabulous four-minute oops. <laughs> we seem to be okay right now. Thanks, folks, for uh, dealing with us. Anyway, um, anyway, how, how are you doing? Kenny, you've been gone. For... I was gone for the past ten days. Yes, you're on mini-vacation. Yeah, exactly. Uh, not quite. I started off in Seattle at the C4W conference, which we highlighted, I guess, right before I left, and had a great time with that. Met a lot of awesome breast cancer survivors, young adults, uh, and not so young adults. Uh, <laughs> it caters to a large audience, which is always good. And uh, stupid cancer, the phrase itself is universal, and everybody always gets a, a kick out of it if it's the first time that they come across the organization. Uh, from there, I headed over to Palm Springs, which was absolutely terrible. Uh, just kidding, it's beautiful now. For an e-tail conference, which was, uh, I guess you would say, a bit of professional development in uh, e-tail being the online retail, yes, correct? Electronic retail. It's kind of like I anything. I anything. Yes. I Kenny. Exactly. I Kenny. Yeah. <laughs> I, I Kenny went to e-tail. Yes. And learned about e-commerce. Yeah. Uh, and then I drove from Palm Springs to L.A. just for a little weekend getaway after uh, a lot of days of conferences. So it was a nice trip. Uh, met a lot of people and uh, spread the you, good and word. You, you poor thing going to to uh, Seattle and Palm Springs. I know, and then L.A., yeah. Hermosa it's, Beach, Manhattan it's, Beach. It's a rough life to it, live. It truly is. I mean, the red eye that I took home last night, I had the entire road to myself. You know, Andy and I hate I just, you right now. I, just, I, I know. Just can't, <laughs> just can't exactly seem to get, get it right. Whatever. Well, well, the one thing in the news um, was that uh, they, they cured AIDS. <laughs> yeah, I'm being the media and, and par- totally paraphrasing. I like to think idea. that me being away had something to do with that. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, what's going on there? Yesterday, this, came, this study came out that a baby born in Mississippi was deemed uh, baby had HIV and was deemed cured. The mother was pregnant, did not know that she was HIV positive. The baby was given um, antiretroviral drugs 30 hours after birth which is pretty fast. Um, and usually infants are born are not born with HIV. They're saying that the reason why they said the test of the baby, there's some, there's a little bit of, you know, controversy over whether the baby actually was HIV positive, but the, the hospital insists that it was. Um, they tested it quite a few times and gave it a bunch of AZT, and now it's not showing any evidence of disease. It's a little bit, there's a couple of things. It's like Gattaca. Yeah, there's a couple of things. I think it's a little too soon to get, yes, you have ev- they have every right to be super excited because, you know, in the cancer world, like any positive news, everyone freaks out. And right. That's great. That's exactly what scientists should do, and they should be very excited about this, but they should also be a little bit erring aside of caution. This, one of the possibilities is that the HIV didn't fully develop, um, you know, there's still, again, the back and forth over whether or not the baby actually was HIV positive. Again, it's all it's all great news. It's all in, it's in a step in the right direction. But at the same time, we have to be really careful. With the, anytime you say the word cured with a disease as serious as HIV or a disease as serious as cancer, you get very nervous because you don't know. Yep. Right now the baby's testing negative, which is great. But let's give it some time. This is one one baby. Yeah, that's true. I'm I'm a little bit of a skeptic. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I'm naturally that. skeptic. You know, I would. Yeah. I'm not the first person to throw the word cure around. It it is like you said, unto itself, a a controversial word. Mm-hmm. 
I don't like the word cure. I that don't either. Makes no sense. It to is me. absolutely no doubt. It is great news, but at the same time, we need to be really careful about how excited we get about things like this, because even in the breast cancer right, world, right? Because we're not the media. No one listens to the show. Exactly. <laughs> um, even in the cancer world, you know, with Robin Roberts, her and I had the same type of breast cancer. When you get all that, the different treatments, you put yourself at risk for secondary cancers, which is what happened to her, and with the blood disorder. And I'm at, you know, technically I'm at risk. It's very rare for what happened right. to her to actually happen, but that is a reality. Right. Well, I mean, even something as simple as, you know, when the doctor says you're cured, go home, you know, you can always get cancer again because it's totally exactly. random. And whether you bathe in toxic sewage or eat kelp every or day or smoke. breathe the smog or smoke or, yeah. you know, have McDonald's, whatever it is that you do, it just depends on how your body decides amongst its own universe of cells. Especially as a young adult. Right. Because you can also develop cancer as a much older, like let's say, God willing, you survive however many years and technically you are cured of the cancer that you had as a young adult. Right. How do you know 20 years later, 30 years later, you're not going to be diagnosed with a, a totally separate disease? Right, exactly. That's another mm-hmm. thing. And even when you go through treatment. Like mad brain, which is what I have. I don't know. What you, you have your brains on fire. <laughs> <laughs> my brain is a big soapy mix inside my skull. It is. Well, yeah. I think that's all of us. Yeah. But even you know when you get treatment for various types of cancer, there's a lot of long-term side effects. You know, I've had back pain on and off for the past five weeks, and apparently that's dissolved because chemotherapy is degenerative, and I probably have the body of a 50-year-old woman, even I'm 31, <laughs> right, and right. can cause heart problems. So. Like, let's all take it easy, take a step back. Of course, people who, have, people who haven't faced their own mortality probably get a little bit more excited about this than people like me and you, Matthew, who yeah, have, like, I suppose been so. through a lot of crap, and we're like, yeah, uh, it's scary. Well, I mean, today's show is, is women's health, mm-hmm. which is really men's health, because the healthier the woman is, the hopefully more sane the husband is. True. Or the partner is, to that extent. Would you agree, Kenny? Uh, sure. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Exactly. Well, I mean, again, this goes back to, you know, if this is really the first step, because when they cured polio, no one believed it either. Yeah. It took months and months and months to see the inoculations actually happening, and there was no uh, web internet back then to really help people believe it or not believe it. We still haven't cured the flu. (laughs) <laughs> so why don't we, like, all take it easy before... Cure the cold, yes, exactly. I know. If we haven't figured out something out for the flu, we even the, the vaccine... We have to cure psoriasis. You know, Stein virus, <laughs> norovirus, yeah, whatever. Uh-huh. You know, but again, I hate to, like, poo-poo on anything. It's it's all great news. It's good news to hear someone who is born with a disease is healthy and living and hopefully will have a long life and healthy childhood. That's exactly what you want to hear, but at the same time... I don't want people getting super excited. Oh, my God, we cured AIDS. Like, right. let's take it down a notch. And yeah, everybody just breathe. Yeah. All right, well, let's get to our fabulous first guest. I'm really, really excited. She's one of our BFFs. She's come to OMG. She's repping North Carolina tonight. Amber Vance, and I just say that as a New Yorker trying to imitate her beautiful accent, uh, moved to North Carolina from Florida. I guess that's not much of a trip. After graduating from the undergrad, uh, she was diagnosed with stage 2B Hodgkin's lymphoma, and again, she's been a rock star stupid cancer ride for quite a while now. Please welcome to the Stupid Cancer Show, the lovely and talented Amber Vance. Amber! 
Hello. Oh, that that accent. Amber Vance. Welcome. I thought I was a neutral party. I didn't think I had an accent. No, we have the accent. Great. <laughs> <laughs> right. How are you, How my are dear? You? Good. I'm good. I'm good. Down here in North Carolina. You are. You're quite famous now, thanks to our manifesto. You know that. Oh, um, I've uh, I've heard. My family has seen it. It went viral after I sent it to one family member. Right. <laughs> there are a lot of laughs involved. I, you know, it went viral, but there's a cure for it. <laughs> the moral of the story is always assume the camera is rolling. I think yes. is what I learned from that. Yeah, exactly. Especially when John Sabia is around. Yes, exactly, exactly. So I'm thrilled to have you on the show. You are someone who's been drinking our Kool-Aid for a while. You've come to the OMG Summit. You're really engaged in, in the the movement. And I would just I wanted to invite you on the show to share your story. You know, we're, we're young adult stories. We like our listeners to know that it's unique. You know, I like to say we're not special, but we're different. And people just need to understand that, uh, you know, that this is a, a conversation, a narrative worth sharing. Sounds good. So why don't you get started? Your life pre-cancer when things were going all hunky-dory. Um. Well, I was pretty much healthy for the bulk of my life, I would say. Um, it wasn't until um, just after junior year in college. And whether it was related, I don't know. But I was a kid that never had ear infections and tonsillitis. So it didn't set in until after junior year. Um, and I had several years of ear infections and had tubes put in my ears at, you know, 22. Um, by then I had graduated from college and moved here to North Carolina and it morphed into uh, tonsillitis, essentially, for several years. And um, that kind of takes me through. At the time, I was running marathons, so I was healthy, but I was definitely kind of chronically sick all the time. And um, basically what happened is I sat down with my ENT and was like, I, I understand we're con- we've been conservative, but I've been on, like, a hefty dose of antibiotics for the last four years. Um, what's the next step? And so they they removed my tonsils um, in February of the year I was diagnosed. And um, from then on, I was discharged, and I just kept going back to the doctor. And I was really tired, and I noticed it because as a runner, um, I was kind of very in tune with my body. And at the time, coincidentally, I was actually coaching for a large um, endurance fundraising charity for cancer, that you may be familiar with, but um, I was actually coaching a marathon team, and I would wake up on Saturday mornings and coach the team, and then I would come back and go to sleep at like 10:30 on a Saturday morning and wake up on Sunday, 22 hours later. And I'd never, even as a teenager, been able to sleep that long. So I kept going to the doctor, and they were like, "Oh, you're just burning the candle at both ends." Um, I look back now, and there were there are definitely things I would have done differently. Um, well, but 22 not, hours of sleep is what Kenny would call a Saturday. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it was, it was, um, you know, it's it's not unlike what I've heard from other young adults. You know, it's I think I kind of fell in that age group of you're too old to bring in a parent, and I lived hundreds of miles from my parents, um, but you're too young to kind of be taken seriously. And to their credit, my labs were normal pretty much the entire time, even you know, when I was finally diagnosed, with the exception of just being slightly anemic. Um, but I was sent to endocrinologists, and the endocrinologist said, why are you here? You need to see a surgeon. But everything took six weeks, six weeks, six weeks. So essentially, almost 12 months after my tonsils were removed, 
Um, I was finally diagnosed. And at that point, like, I was having trouble breathing and swallowing. So I can't imagine actually making it out of um, stage two. But, um, you know, in some ways it wouldn't have changed um, things had I been diagnosed 12 months before. My my regimen would have been the same either way. But it, by the time I was diagnosed, I was super ready for treatment. I mean, if they would have, if they would have said, you know, we can give your – your chemo to you in a 32 ounce fountain drink. I would have downed it <laughs> because Bloomberg it was. I was so. <laughs> you can't have 32 ounce drinks in New York City anymore. Yeah. Oh right, right, right. But um, I was clearly like I was textbook. I had you know masses um, that grew over the course of that 12 months from one side of my neck all the way down to the other. Got to the point where I was wearing like collared shirts just to hide them. Right, and but you shouldn't have I, had to go so long. <laughs> I mean, I was misdiagnosed for eight months until I had, like, brain tumor and, you know, right. like, like the comedy of errors that they just don't take you seriously or they think it's, you know, they thought that I had, like, spinal meningitis or I had a mini stroke or I had Epstein-Barr syndrome, anything but what I actually had. Were you right. getting to a point of in, in self-insanity because you wish you knew what was wrong with you? I was... I was definitely at self insanity because I was, you know, it was like, t- I, the thing that made it even more bizarre is when I moved there, I was too young to rent a car. So I was moved with my job to North Carolina. So I was dropped off in a taxi. And the first person I met when I moved to North Carolina was diagnosed with non Hodgkin's. And within months, she went through a stem cell transplant. And then I started running with this, you know, huge charity, this cancer charity in the United States, and then coaching. So I was diagnosed, surrounded by a group of people that were passionate about the cause, and my closest friend had just gone through a stem cell transplant. So I kind of knew the symptoms. Like, I would ask her one-off, like, so what were your night sweats like? And so over the course of, like, a year, I think she pretty much put it together. Um, And the really bizarre and not-so-great mid-20s symptom was when I would drink alcohol, which is um, not normal but common, I guess, for Hodgkin's, if I would have, like, you know, a glass of wine, like, a quarter of the way through, I would just, like, my neck would start, you know, I would get a really painful. My nose would get really painful. Mm-hmm. And I would feel like I would get, like, suffocating. And I kept thinking, God, this is so weird. Like, am I allergic to alcohol? And um, when it was finally came together, the fatigue and the alcohol consumption and the night sweats and the masses, it all kind of, you know, it, it was textbook at the so time. When was the, when and was I was, the watershed moment? The watershed moment. The, thank God there's something wrong with me. And, oh, crap, it's cancer. Um, well, I ended up back in the ENT about, you know, just less than a year after he removed. So he was the specialist I ended up going to that did the biopsy. And I was on my way to a meeting, and I was about to fly out, and I got a last-minute appointment. He said, I'm doing a fine needle. There is a chance it could be cancer. And at this point, like, I pretty much knew and um, I'm like, yes, but I've got, you know, I've got to get on a plane. So can you do a fine needle? And he's like, if this comes back negative, we're going to have to do a biopsy. So he went ahead and did a biopsy about a week later and um, because the fine needle came back negative. And that was the point that I knew I had it. And at that point, I was honestly relieved, I think, like you said, because you think you're going crazy. And the idea of actually living with that amount of fatigue, like, I don't know. Um, I don't know, like, how people do it for years and years because 12 months seem more than enough. But um, I was, you know, I was really relieved to go. My first chemo treatment I was looking forward to because maybe the way my oncologist set it up, I had an incredible oncologist, and um, 
and I got started, and within the first treatment, everything started shrinking, and I could breathe again and swallow again. So for me, it was really, um, it was a relief, honestly. Right. Um, yeah, I did lack social support. I think at the time, there weren't a lot of young people in the area I was being treated, um, and that's why I've just, you know, stupid cancer is, is, has been a huge part of my life since I discovered the organization, but um really passionate about it. But that was the one kind of piece. Um, outside of my network of friends, there weren't too many people that could relate to me. So, so let's ha- let's ask some blatantly obvious questions unique to young adults. Did you have insurance? What happened to your career? Did your your friends abandon you? What? How was your you know fertility <laughs> issues? Like this is the the bread and butter. Right. So I was really fortunate. Um, my um, I had great insurance. I mean, granted, I had co-pays um, that I paid on for years, like student loans, but I, you know, I didn't have to declare bankruptcy, and I continued to work for the organization that I worked for and had just incredible support from management. So that piece I, I can't relate to, a lot of young adults struggle with. Um, the fertility piece, um, you know, I'm not married yet, so I, I haven't gone down that road, but um, it's not something... I've always thought about adopting, um, even from the time I was five. I had a friend that was, you know, that was adopted by her parents. So um, it's something that I I think about, but um, because I have not kind of hit that crossroad yet, um, it's not a decision or something that I've really had had to think about. Um, so and then how did you how did you actually find the young adult support universe? Well, I moved. Amber, I think we're losing you. I think your cell phone is uh cutting in and out. We're having a can you hear me now moment. Yeah. Are you? Oh, now we can hear you. A little better, yeah, okay. there you go. Um but I was in Greenville and I was surrounded by geriatrics. It wasn't until I moved to Raleigh. And um, that's kind of when I got linked in with um, with stupid cancer, um, just momentarily several years back. And then I met Lou Collin and Don, and they kind of introduced me to the organization. And I tried to help out in any way I could, even though I was several years out of treatment. So, well, welcome to the involved. club that no one wants to belong to. But we like to joke that once you hear your family, like yeah. the Olive Garden, except the exact opposite. <laughs> yeah, exactly. we don't give out PC. Yeah, we bread don't give sticks. every breadsticks. Our breadsticks are laced with uh, cyclophosphamide. <laughs> <laughs> or kelp. Yeah. I heard the kelp joke earlier. Yeah. So, uh, um, so I, I'd love to hear your thoughts on the OMG Summit. You know, we have a great audience tonight. I'm sure a lot of them are interested in hearing what the patient experience is. And have you, had you ever been in a room with, like, 500 survivors before? And what was that like for you? No. And I have to say, I don't get nervous, but I was a little bit nervous about that because, you know, on the website, you talk about it's not a kumbaya, um, but I had never been to anything so big or even, like, on a smaller scale big. And so when I arrived in Vegas, I wasn't sure what to expect, and um, it was really life-changing for me. From there, you know, I um, went on a summer camp trip this, this past summer, um, but it connected me with a huge network last year um, of people outside of just the region that I live in. Um, it really kind of opened up a conversation. I, I didn't realize that I needed until I got, you know, arrived in Vegas. 
Um, and it was it was life changing on so many different levels. Um, hearing Dr. Sender speak, um, learning more about clinical trials because in in many ways I've become kind of a support network. Like when friends of friends get cancer, or friends of family get cancer, they'll call, and so having a better understanding of what's out there, even though it's I'm beyond the point of needing it at this point, um, and having the chance to talk to other people and some of the things that, you know, like I go for follow-ups or even regular doctor's appointments, and you sometimes the reaction is of a, of a needle stick in my brain. I'm thinking, wow, I should not have responded that way. Right. You know, like mm-hmm. I was just a needle stick. And that's kind of like on a small scale of what OMG was for me. You know, like I clearly carried some of what I went through with me and um, hearing other people verbalize it. And there are some incredible people that have the ability to write. And I've seen many of the blogs post conference and speak about it. Um, I was like, I totally needed this. And, and I don't, I don't know what the description of that need was, but walking away from it, I was like a renewed energy and, um, you know, not feeling a lot. You don't realize you kind of felt a, I didn't feel like I felt, you know, alienated. I have a huge support system that didn't go through treatment, but suddenly once I arrived in Vegas, you just realize some of the things that I needed. It was whether it was the spirituality kind of breakouts or learning about clinical trials or, um, you know, insurance. You know, if I have to change careers down the road, what my options would be. Um, it it was it was um, informative and really life changing. I would definitely recommend it to anyone, and I'm bringing several friends this year with me. So. Well, that's amazing. That's really amazing. You, you are the consummate, uh, you know, reason why this this brand has become what it has. And I, you know, I, I'm sorry that you had to deal with what you dealt with to, you know, have to, you know to find us and, and have this for you, but that's the reason why, you know, it's the old story. It's like, wouldn't it, wouldn't this have been nice if it was there for me mm-hmm. in the Bronze Age of 1996 with my AOL dial-up? <laughs> 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 and going to the library and checking out books on brain tumors. Yes, yes, or the listserv. <laughs> oh, right. Anyone know what, I just dated well. myself. Anyone know what a listserv yeah, is? I don't have a clue. No. I do. I do. I was on the on the edge. But, yeah, Stupid Cancer, I think, is, um, you know, it's like the biggest brand for young adults. And what you guys, and I know you don't always, you're not out here on the ground level at all times, but it um, for so many people, it's been a huge resource. And locally, there are a lot of um, large organizations that send their young people to, you know, your website and YouTube channel. So, um I'm sure you see the hits, but you don't see the personal stories on the other end, and it and it does everything that you guys are doing matters, and we really appreciate it out here. So thank well, you. Thank you. <clears throat> Sorry, thank you for everything you do, and uh, we'll have to get you more uh, more actively appearing on the YouTube channel very soon. <laughs> hint, 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 wink, wink. <laughs> Next wrap to come. Yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Well, Amber, yeah, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your story. I can't wait to see you again in Vegas, and thanks for being just an amazing ambassador for the young adult cancer world. Have a great night, you guys. Thanks, Amber. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Amber Vance, everybody. Love her. Awesome. 
Awesome, awesome, awesome. All right, well, and now, the news. Hello, I'm Kent Brockman, and this is Eye on Cancer. Just the facts, ma'am. All right, Kenny, what is going on? All right, Matthew, head on over to events.stupidcancer.org, your one-stop shop calendar for all of our social and educational events nationwide. Something could be happening in your neck of the woods, and we certainly don't want you missing out. We've got two events coming up with more on the way. The first one is March 13th in Burbank, California, and then another one on March 26th in Sacramento, California. The West Coast is showing up the East Coast currently, and everyone else in between. And uh, let's not forget this Thursday yes. in New York City. In New York City. We are aligning with MTV for the World of Jenks uh, special screening. World of Jenks, if you're not familiar, is an amazing program for you youngins out there. Uh, Andrew Jenks uh, films four amazing individuals over the course of ten weeks. It is a pre-tape uh, reality show. Um, but not in the sense of antics and stupidity. It's real stories and real amazing people. And he was on the show last And week. he was on the show. He guest co-hosted last week. And uh, Kaylin Andrus, who is a Ewing sarcoma survivor, is featured proudly on the World of Jenks this season. She is one of ours. She's a stupid cancerite, an amazing author of uh, graphic novels and comic books. And this Thursday at 7 p.m. at MTV, Viacom headquarters in Times Square, be there or be square, pun intended, with the uh, MTV World of Jenks premiere. You guys can email us at contact at stupidcancer.org for more info on that. Yes. All right, and as we mentioned before, the 6th Annual OMG Cancer Summit for Young Adults is live. It's here. Time to register, folks. April 25, 6, 7, 8 at the Palms Casino in Las Vegas. April 25, 6, 7, 8 at the Palms official website, OMG. 2013.org. Register today. All right, Matt. StupidCancerStore.org. You know it. You love it. ton of great products. Support Stupid Cancer. Wear Stupid Cancer. Check it out. StupidCancerStore.org. Okay. The uh, Stupid Cancer forums have over 4,500 members. Actually, it's probably close to 5,000 now. I think it's close to a million, actually. 35 billion members. This is your premier online community to connect with survivors, patients, parents, and caregivers just like you. Visit stupidcancerforums.org today and sign up with one click through Facebook. And that is your Stupid, Stupid Cancer, Cancer News. Oh, boy. We've been doing this too long. Yes, we've been doing it way, way, way too long. I need a drink. Okay, <laughs> well, let's go back to our... we got two amazing people coming on the show. One's a veteran, one's a... First time down the rabbit hole with the Stupid Cancer Show. It is my pleasure to introduce. I'll do uh, Kathy. You can do Karen. Sure. Kathy Latour, hey. an old friend. We like to joke that she's the original young adult survivor. Yes, um, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> she's the editor at large for Cure Magazine, a, a, a very long-term young adult breast cancer survivor, one of the most powerful people in media in the oncology universe, and uh, a returning champion. She was on the show in season one wow. in 2007. Ah, good grief, that long I was, ago. I was yeah. a little tyke. You were a little tyke, Annie. Ah. Yeah, and also joining us is Karen Shane. She's the executive director of Women's Survivor Alliance and creator of the National Women's Survivor Convention being held at the Gaylord Opryland Resort in Nashville from August 22nd and 24th this summer. All right, Karen and Kathy, ladies. Welcome. Hey, you got taste squared. <laughs> Glad to be here. I can't believe it's been since 2007. My I gosh. know. I feel like I owe you a beer now. 
possible. Well, we just get older, don't we? we? It's hard to say, but we were. We we are young survivors, but we're out there to show the young ones that you can live long and well. Um, You'd be surprised how many people come and say, like, I had cancer like 20 years ago. Do I still matter? Yeah, well, that's of course me. you still matter. That's me. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's you, me. I have I had cancer that long. Do you still call? Are you still a survivor? That would be yes. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I have the scars to prove it. <laughs> I have the osteoporosis to prove it. Yep. yep. <laughs> well, I'm excited to have you guys on the show because you know I've been a veteran of the last decade or so, watching the oncology world unfold anthropologically in this country, getting destigmatized and national attention, and people getting aware of survivorship issues and that it's not all about research, but research is important. And, and when Cure launched many, many years ago, you had the Cure conferences that inspired me, and I attended a few of those. And um, and then now we're seeing the emergence of all these amazing young adult little micro-summits around the country. Our organization yeah. Producing There's it. something special about coming together, isn't there? Yeah. And seeing it's uh, you can you can read about people and you can read about other people being out there, but the energy of being with other people who survived is just something you can't you can't imagine until you've done it. Exactly, exactly. So I, I would like to just start with you know I, I spent ten years in the ad world. I'm a media guy. I was really fascinated when Cure launched as a really powerful. You know, opportunity in the in the in our country to really put a face on what this means and to destigmatize it. So, Kathy, you you, um, uh, you are a pioneer, and you were well, diagnosed yep. the year uh, after Back to the Future. So, yep, diagnosed in 1986, uh, stage two breast cancer. I had a one-year-old at the time. That's how I remember. Is my you know the cognitive dysfunction. That's how I remember how long ago it's been. I just look at how old she is and subtract a year. Um, but uh, she'll be 28 in September, so it's going to be 27 years for me in September. Amazing. And, you know, when you go through the experience, you're always kind of wondering what you're going to do with it. And being a journalist, I really the, – the communication back then was just so lacking. There just was so little communication, and this group of people called survivors um, weren't even identified. It, ironically, I found out that the week that I had – Breast cancer surgery um, was the week that the group that founded the National Coalition for Cancer Survivorship were meeting for the first time in Albuquerque. So I kind of feel like I've been at the the top of the wave of survivorship literally since the week I was diagnosed. And um, Cure was when I found out about the opportunity to get involved with this magazine. It was absolutely the culmination of what I've always wanted to do with it, which is to help people going through it, to empower them and to educate them about the disease. And um, I think for 10 years we've been doing that. And if anybody's listening that doesn't have a free subscription to Cure, be sure you get one because it's out there and going strong, and you just go to www.curetoday.com and sign up. And and just quickly before we get to uh, to Karen, you also, again, ahead of the curve, in 1993 published the Breast Cancer Companion, again, long before the word survivorship even was in the lexicon. Right. Well, I, uh, you know, this was, as a journalist, you know, to resolve my own experience at some point, everybody said, you know, are you going to write about it? And at the, until I could resolve it for my own life and figure out that I, I needed to do that, it took, it took a while. Because, see, we had no support, none, in Dallas when I was diagnosed. There was not one support group. People didn't even say the word cancer. You were sent home. Um, aren't you glad that's over? And, it, it, you know, it was horrific. I'm 
37. I've got a baby. I think I'm going to die. I, You know, I write my own obituary every couple of days, and it was horrible, and it took until 1989, and then my surgeon created the first support group in the city of Dallas, and I started getting some resolution about what had happened to me, and it was through the women in the support group that I really got that, um, that it really started making sense to me. Um, that was when I started really healing, you know, the difference between being cured and being healed, and right. there's a big difference. And, Karen, um, I have to give you props for going to Nashville. I lived in Tennessee for five years. Uh, when I was in college, I went to Tennessee Tech, so I have a very soft spot for Nashville. And definitely for Opryland, I would go during the holidays, check out all the every all the different exhibits during Christmas. So I'm very excited. It's at, it's at the Opryland Resort, hoping I'm able to make it this summer. Um, so I just want to ask you a little bit about founding the being executive director of the Women's Survivors Alliance and tell us a little bit about this convention. Well, it's kind of evolved on its own. It it I, I you know, it actually started just thinking, you know, um it started in a in a cute little bar downtown Nashville. I kid you not. Um at a little bar called Rippy uh, downtown. Uh, a survivor friend and I were were chatting and um we were chatting about doing some uh, a woman empowerment um Kind of, kind of program, sort of, kind of. And she said, "Hey, let's do it outside and went in Bicentennial Park." So we went to Bicentennial Park, and it felt real good. And I'm sitting out there, and I'm sitting under the, looking at the Capitol and look at this, this gorgeous area that we're in. And I said, "Why don't we do something for survivors? What a beautiful place that we can do this for women survivors. And as survivors ourselves, you know, we should be giving back." And ironically, she really did find. She was not really in a place, and her past went some kind of. She was looking at other opportunities for her. So I went home, and, and I love Carolyn Lucas. She's one of my favorite people on the planet. And I would watch her movie while I wore lipstick to my mastectomy. And I went home, and on my mirror in my bathroom, in red lipstick, and I love to tell her the story, I wrote Survivor's Convention, Women's Survivor's And I, I just hit on my mirror, and um, just point to all the listeners, uh, audience up there. Karen, I'm afraid you're cutting in and out. We're going to have our producers have you call back in. Uh, hopefully it will be a slightly better cell phone connection. So I apologize for that, but we'll get you back on the air in about two minutes. So thanks okay. for that. So let's just bring, let's just uh, talk to Kathy again because sure. you know, you're speaking at um, this conference. I'll be there. Kenny will be there. There will be a huge stupid cancer presence there. Um, looking at how you pioneered the cure forums and the cure conference in the you know, maybe 10 years ago or so, uh, the evolution of this this interest in gathering and information, it's its changed so much with social media. How have you personally seen this, you know, uh, affect the impact you've had in media? Well, you know, it's it's interesting, and it's, it's, it's been a national wave, and it certainly hasn't just been cure, but I think one of the things is people like you and the others that have said, you know, if you've had cancer, there's nothing to be ashamed of. Speak up. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about the issues that there are for us. And as the survivorship editor of the magazine, that's the part that I handle, knowing that, you know, we've got to look at it. And being involved with survivorship really from the beginning of my journey, knowing that for me the hardest part was when it was over because it wasn't over, of course, and looking at what it meant for my life, I was really angry when I finished treatment and there was nothing. 
and I needed to find out what had happened to me. I needed to look at my my soul and my my spirit and my body and know that I was going to be forever changed. And I wanted to make that a positive. And somebody said to me once, you know, uh, you know, don't you want to don't you want to just don't you wish you could just go back? And I went, who would want to go through something like this and not come out of it an incredibly different, more aware person? Because to face mortality, um, as I think I heard um, um, at the beginning, you were talking about facing mortality, and you know, any of the, it's just a horrible thing to have to deal with because you don't think you're going to be doing that in your 30s. And then to watch the surge of what's happened as we began marching for breast cancer, and I think breast cancer probably led the way, um, you know because a lot of us have come through the women's movement and we learned how to stand up and say, you know, we need to know these things. You need to pay attention to us. And we were asking for more uh, research dollars, but as we came together, we began to realize the psychosocial aspects of it. And now the other part of it that I'm very involved in, and I heard Annie talk about, as we live longer, we have to deal with the late effects. Right. Um, you know, what's going on? Um, because of the OMG concert, um, the meeting last year, I met an incredible young woman named Diana DeVoe, who I wrote about in our fall issue last year, um, an incredible young woman survivor who's going through uh, neuropathy late that came on about 15 years after her, the end of her treatment. And you think, how how can that happen? What's happening in our bodies because of treatment that we need to be aware of as a way to know it so that we can deal with it early, perhaps ameliorate some of those late effects, um, get on top of it ahead of time, the cardiac issues, potentially a second cancer. Those are the things that are really important to me because it is the rest of our life we're looking at. Well, we are fortunate enough to have Karen back on the line. Karen, you with us? Hey there. Oh, there Much we go. Better. That's a lot better. <laughs> We'll have to thank those the cell phone guys. Tennessee mountains. That's what it is. It's those Tennessee mountains. Yes, you, you, know, you and the Blue the Ridge reasons. Boys. I'm so supportive of what Karen's doing is the, the bringing together of all these women to meet right. each other because how powerful is that? Mm-hmm. Well, right. Kathy, to your point, it, it's interesting because as we were, um, as I was listening to you, you're talking about late effects, you know, I, I and, and the fear of reoccurrence and all that goes on and that we didn't know. A lot of women still do not know. Uh, who have been in treatment 10 years ago who are coming to, like, the convention really have no idea. And there's a lot of questions about their children and, and, and their their girls, et cetera. But no one told me when I was diagnosed 25 years ago, no one told me that I was going to end up um, at age 45 with osteoporosis, osteoarthritis, teeth separating or gum separating from my teeth, and I'm shrinking. <laughs> oh, yeah. No one told me about that. So. You know, and I have a fear. I, I truly have that fear of reoccurrence every day. And, you know, it, I, it, all these late effects make me wonder, well, what else is around the corner? So I appreciate what you do in that you are really bringing to the forefront through uh, through your magazine just what we need to look for. And yes, and what's, what's on reality and what's fear-based. And I think that's something that's really important for survivors. You know, like you were talking about Robin Roberts, you know, what happened to her is very rare. And yet, you still need to know that that's a possibility for your life. Exactly. You know, it, you know I did a story um, um, 
in 2010 about the late effects of radiation, which thank God we don't have the more is better approach now with radiation still that everybody gets blasted from head to toe. But, you know, women who I'm still who glowing, got, by the way. What? <laughs> I'm still glowing. Oh, yes, and I don't know when you were radiated, but, see, women are higher risk for breast cancer if they were if they received you know the mantle radiation across their breast and a lot of women still don't know that and it's been a late effect um it's been out there as a recognized late effect for a long time but women who got treatment for hodgkins don't know still that they have to watch their breasts very carefully there that's that's a possibility for them so you know we're trying to educate everybody about that and get the word out but the story that I did was um uh, I had we had people we interviewed Michael Stubblefield at Memorial Sloan Kettering, who's a physi- who's a physiatrist, which is that combination of, you know, how your body works and um, coming together the the physical physicality of who we are. And we had survivors. The magazine dropped like the 20th of December, and he told me he had five calls from people all over the country that finally said, "My God, I wondered what was wrong with me. Now I know." So, Karen, why don't you tell us a little bit about the program in Nashville? What programs do you have which would be informational and, you know, which programs would young adult women want to attend? Well, what I did before, it took two years to plan the convention. It really did. It took two years of research. I talked to everybody. Kathy was one of the ones that I talked to. But I put it out on the Internet, and I said, what do you need to know? What do you need to know? How old are you? And what do you want to know? And I and I thought, well, we'll just see if I get a little tap here and there. Oh my God, I was bombarded, uh-huh. and it was all ages, all women, all stages, all ages, all cancers, and that's pretty much how I look at the convention. And and they were they were telling me sexuality. They were telling me I got to go back to work. What can I say? I've got to go back to work. What about insurance? What are my legal rights? I am terrified. I have now have osteoporosis. What am I, what is it going to be down the road? What did they not tell me? Tell me what I don't know. And then um, amongst all of that, as far as the educational opportunities, we wanted to to really make it fun for the ladies and and really celebrate survivorship. So we have taken everything from nutrition. Uh, Cancer Treatment Centers of America just has done a tremendous job of working with us on what they're going to do, and they're bringing a bunch of nutrition to the table uh, and um, some paths that they're doing, all the way to sexuality, all the way to legal, to to cancer and careers, who I just absolutely love in, in New York, the fabulous people up there. They're coming. We have Tossed Cancer Center and the Fourth Angel Program to talk specifically about um, co-survivorship. We have um, Joanna Morales, who we all love and adore, uh, coming to talk, you know, uh, about our legal rights and, and nutrition and fitness and health. Our honorary chair is Shannon Miller. We have Scott Hamilton. We have young survivor Dean Brown. Um, you know, Gerald Lucas. Yes, Geraldine. Oh, love Geraldine. And and then from there all the way over to uh, Teresa Woodruff, who's going to talk about oncofertility and talk about you know um, high risk genetics, that kind of stuff that's really important. But we're going to do it very different, and this is what makes this conference so different from anything um, else that's out there. And that is we're going to do it very, very what we're calling Oprah style, which is instead of sitting watching PowerPoints, it's really talk. It's girl talk. 
it's those deep, deep questions that you want answered that you may not feel like you can ask your doctor, or those deep, deep, deep questions that that some that you may not feel like asking, but someone right down the road or down just down the way, down the hallway is going to ask. And we're going to do it in in a style that's very laid back, very relaxed, much girl talk. And then we're going to party while we're there, too, and have a great time and really celebrate. Everything has been so strategically planned that, you know, there's laughter, there's some tears. We're going to we're going to do one of the things that's so beautiful that we've asked to do is when you register and go online, register, send me a picture of your co-survivor, of that one person that was there for you. If there's three people that never left your side, send them to me. And we want to honor those people. We've got a 5K, um, a 5K race that's going to happen the morning of that Saturday. Our governor is proclaiming Nash or the state of Tennessee to be Survivorville for those three days. Wow, that's and nice. We, oh my gosh, it's it's amazing. Just our CVB, our Convention and Visitors Bureau, our mayor, everyone's getting involved. We're going to take the capital steps, and we're going to say we're changing the mood of survivorship, people, and we're changing it, and we're making it into a movement because Kathy does a great job of letting people know through her magazine the importance of survivorship. And as a woman, I want to let women around me be able to talk, be able to network, be able to get those questions answered, and we're going to take it and we're going to make a movement because survivorship needs to be brought to the forefront. We need to know it's not just unplugged, see ya, don't want to be ya. You know, after you're unplugged, you're left. You go home and you sit down on the edge of the bed and you just go, who am I and where am I? Those are the questions we're going to ask. And those are the questions we're going to do our darndest to answer. Well, but it, anything it, that you can think about covering, by golly, we're going to cover it. Right, and and it's funny because when I first met you and I first read the website, all the speakers have all every one of your speakers has been a guest on our radio show. That's so, awesome. Well, well, I'll be in good company when I go down there to, to to meet everybody. I guess my question is, what about the men? What about the Men's Survivors Alliance? And I'm just being uh, sexist on purpose. Well, Matthew, maybe you need to have the uh, the meeting of the men then. Karen, I mean, you know, Karen got this brainstorm and put it together, and it takes one person saying, I'm going to make a difference. So, Matthew, it's your turn. There you go. <laughs> yeah, Matt, do Why something. Why did you turn it on you? Do something for a change. Yeah, I need to be active somehow. I'm, I'm just slacking yeah. off these days. <laughs> uh, I Well, I want to say that I'm so grateful for Stupid Cancer. You guys are coming down. You guys are going to handle our young survivor track. We have a lot to talk about. We've got a lot of fun stuff to do. I know Geraldine is just, she's just so ready. So I think I, I, we may have to control Matthew. I'm not real sure. But, you know, you have such a powerful story we, um, um, to talk and to tell. And, you know, men are coming to the convention. They're coming to support their wife. They're going to be involved. And um, I'm so grateful that as a co-survivor, that I had, uh, my husband was amazing through it all. He was totally amazing through it all. And and those guys are coming. And if they don't want to go in and set in on some girl talk, that's fine. We have so much stuff going on in Nashville that men can go to and a bus that will take them anywhere they want to go, anywhere from Bass Pro to the golf course to the Jack Daniels. Y'all go have fun. 
They can what just I'm go, guessing, to, just to, go to Second Avenue and go to the Palm, listen to some yeah. country music. They'll be done for the day. <laughs> there you go. And you know, what's going to happen, I'm guessing, Karen, is what happened at our forums. The 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 women came, you know, the, the, the couples came, and generally the, the men came to support the women or the women came to support the men because ours were universal. It was all cancers. And what we would see happening was that the, that the the caregivers would go and they would find each other and they would sit down and they'd start talking. And this was really before there was a lot of attention paid to caregivers and then somebody kind of hit their forehead and went, oh, gee, you know, maybe we need to be paying some attention now to the people that are really getting people through cancer now that it's not a disease that everybody's hospitalized for. You know, people are having to do these things at home. They're having to be taken care of at home by caregivers. And so started paying attention to that and making room for those for those breakouts for the people that are the caregivers and they find each other and in these That's groups right. they get together and they talk and we were always told we need more time we need more time to network we need more time to network and that's what I love about the way you've designed this because people will meet and they'll form lifelong friendships um we had groupies that came to every single one of our forums we had one husband and wife from, I think they were from Minnesota or something, and this was their annual vacation. They would show up at a cure form, whatever city we added in, and it was great. I'm sorry we had to quit doing them because they just became too too costly for us to put yeah, on. It they're was costly. The same thing. <laughs> they are. It was the same thing that happened to in uh, National Coalition for Cancer Survivorship, which is what we modeled ours after. Right. Um, you know, it was just too hard to keep them going because of the cost involved. I wouldn't know anything about that. Yeah, no, yeah. I don't know anything about that, right? Yeah, and it's good. But see, you, the small ones that you're doing are great, Matthew. I mean, that's that's a great way to do it is to do the small local gatherings. Well, i got to tell you, just from my perspective, again, even the days before I had a nonprofit organization, there were so few conferences dedicated to young adults, and now there's probably six or seven small ones a year all over the country. There's one in uh, Dallas. There's one in Boston. There's there's a one coming up in uh, in Portland. And uh, the one in Seattle. Just the one in Seattle, and so it's 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 a sign of the times that this is really the way. People just don't want to connect on Facebook. They actually really have it. It's almost like homecoming. They they know you on Facebook, and then they just want to show up and see in person in the flesh. And this is what people need. This is something right. that would not have been possible ten years ago. Like you said, uh, Kathy, because they whispered it. And by the way, I had radiation in 1996, and it was Chernobyl. So that's why I feel close. Yeah. Chernobyl. So one of my questions is, I'm a, I have to say, one of the things which the young adult women would be very pumped about is Tabitha Coffey. I'm a huge fan of hers. I watched like every show she was ever on. Uh, so she, what is her role going to be at the conference? Um, um, she has. Um, she is coming uh, from a co-survivor perspective. But she is coming basically to make the ladies feel good. She's got a new wig line, but um, we're having an opportunity. We have 24 booths for women to be made over, um, uh, and we have 24 booths of facials and and makeovers, makeup makeovers. We also have um, 24 booths for new hairstyles. So we've got all that going on. So she's actually going to be there to oversee that. Now she's. I, I need to make it. You know. Be very honest here. She's not going to be cutting hair and such, but she's going to be she's going to be there to te- to say, you know, you should try this. Why don't we try this? Why don't we do it this way? She's also hosting our fashion show, which Coldwater Creek has come to uh, is going to be sponsoring it along with Payless Shoes. Um, 
they're they're doing going to do a fabulous job. We've got reunitings. We have we're right now in the process through the YMCA tracking three women survivors over coming off treatment, getting their life back together. One is still in treatment. We just got back from New York this week, and we just got back. I was in Rye, New York this last uh, weekend. Did you go to Rye Playland? You had to go to Rye Playland. It's an obligation. (laughs) I was in Rye, New York. That's the cutest little town on the planet. It truly, truly is. Uh, I was in Rye. Uh, We were in Armonk. We were in New New Rochelle. And we were taking, we were tracking two phenomenal survivors um, up there. And then we went to Moline, Illinois, um, outside of Chicago. And we're tracking them for for six months, one of them is still in treatment, and we're going to track them through their through their Live Strong at the YMCA program, and and you know show them just what can be done. She's going to be um, hosting that. She is very much involved. She her mother passed away with cancer, so she her heart is with the co-survivor. Also, uh, Scott Hamilton. Everyone loves and adores Scott Hamilton. He's one of the sweetest people around. He lives here in town. But he's coming. He's going to actually be addressing the men and talking about from a co-survivor perspective. He's created the Fourth Angel program up at the Cleveland Clinic, and it's all about co-survivors for him. And um, he's going to deliver a very powerful message. So we have so much going on that I hope our main complaint is there was so much going on. We just ran out of time. So I'm I'm hoping that that is the case, which would make me very, very, very happy. So. Well, that's wonderful and wonderful. So, um, I guess my my question, my last question then uh, to Kathy is, I don't I don't want to out you, but you did put this in your bio. You are a Renaissance woman. You're not just uh, you know the hair club president. You're also a client. <laughs> you uh, you wrote a one woman show. And, I did. Uh, I would I did. love to hear that story. I did not know that about you. Yeah, you know, it's. Um, I started speaking after the book came out. You get offers to speak, and and I found myself behind a podium with uh, when there were doctors. I had you know slides because they have to have slides to feel comfortable. And you know, my my focus was about the need for psychosocial support, you know, for patients. And um, eventually, what happened was, as I started giving this talk to survivor audiences, they started uh, throwing out asides and talking back. And I thought, you know. This really needs to be, you know, an, an interactive thing. So I created this show called One Mutant Cell that is the story of my my journey, and um, it's co- combination humor. It's stand-up. It's, um, it's got, you know, kind of the message in there, but it's, uh, it's really kind of fun. I, I've done it on, you know, I, I speak around the country um, a number of different places. I'll be in Fort Lauderdale um, in April doing it and really just enjoy it. It's my way of reaching out to women and saying, you know, I know where you are and this is where I am. And it's a journey. It's a journey. It's your journey. And you can determine how you make it. All right. So we're just about over with the interview, but I wanted to give uh, Karen the last word to what you know what's the website for the conference how many people are you expecting is it going to be a giant uh, galactic event the grand Ole opry is an amazing place i've been there several times and uh you know like it it's just going to be a party in a bottle right it is survivorsconvention.com survivorsconvention.com it is august 22nd through august 24th 2013 at the Gaylord, we're cutting a deal. Um, you're the first to hear this. We're cutting a deal with Gaylord um, Opry, the Grand Ole Opry this week. We're actually going to take over the Grand Ole Opry. We are taking over downtown. We're taking over the Capitol steps. Uh, March on Nashville. We have concerts. 
We have pajama parties. We have the Nash Trash Tours, which you do, I'm not even going to try to explain. <laughs> it is going to be a giant, giant movement. That's what it's going to be, and I want everyone to go sign up. I want everyone to be there, 2,000 women. Yes, and it is climate-controlled at the Gaylord, even though it is August. I want everyone there. You guys are going to be there. Kathy's speaking. Matt, you're there. It's going to be a great time. Well, any time we can basically do, uh, you know, in a place with 2,000 women, uh, that'd be great. <laughs> yeah. Well, I can't thank you guys enough for coming on the show. Kathy, I promise to have you back on um, in less than four years. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. It's been this long, Matt. Just absolutely. Let's do it again. But I, I look forward to seeing you guys. Um, if, well, if you come to Vegas, we'll see you in Vegas. I know you'll be at ONS, Kathy. But, yeah, uh, that's Karen, the problem. Same weekend. I know, oh. I know. Well, you know, I'm going to blame them because we picked our weekend first. So Yeah, well, you, yeah we need to talk to them about that. Yeah, that, this can't happen again. Too many nurses want to come to Vegas and party. That's true. Well, and, you know, for us, we, we just we just get so many incredible story ideas and so many wonderful people there that know Cure and love it. And, um, you know, it's just a great place for us to be. Well, good luck to your planning. 2,000 women, that's, that's an accomplishment. I can't uh, imagine what that's like. We're dealing with 500 people. And I already lost my hair years ago, but my scalp <laughs> is feeling off at the moment. So. But uh, you guys rock. Thanks for, for everything that you do. And uh, this was Kathy Latour and Karen Shane. Ladies, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. so much. Good stuff right there. 2,000 people, Kenny, can you imagine? There's no bad reason to go to Nashville. OMG 2037? Yes. Or I don't need a good reason, I should say, to go to Nashville. Yeah, exactly. It's exactly. a home away from home. Yep, 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 yep. yep. Um, well, anyway, this is a great show. We hope we get a really nice uh, uh, showing at this conference. And, of course, the OMG uh, Summit coming up April 25, 6, 7, 8. Oh, yes. And thank you to everybody in the chat room. We yeah, have. nice chat room tonight. Thank you, everybody, for joining in the show. It is now time for our... Closing sequence. Prepare to activate. Uh, I hear there's rumors on the uh, internets. Have you ever seen a grown man naked? And so, to all of you, a fond farewell. Hooray, I'm helping. You are a meathead. Oh, Magoo, <laughs> you've done it again. That was so terrible, I think you gave me cancer. Okay, folks, that's our show, number 257. We hope you had as much fun as we did poking a stick at Stupid Cancer. like to thank our guests, Amber Vance, Karen Shane, and Kathy Latour. And join us next week as we raise awareness for our National Colorectal Cancer Awareness Month with celebrity young adult survivor Pat Spain from National Geographic's acclaimed show Beast Hunter. Joining Pat will be uh, Colon Cancer Alliance CEO Andrew Spiegel and Cindy Barassi, Director of Communications and Operations for the Colon Cancer Challenge Foundation. Okay, folks, if you've missed any of our past shows, all 256 of them, download them all for free on iTunes by visiting itunes.stupidcancer.org or, or check out the archives at stupidcancershow.org. Remember... If it ain't stupid, it ain't cancer. Live from the chemo deck, on behalf of Kenny Kane, Andy Goodwin, myself, and our whole team here at the Stupid Cancer Show, have a great week, and we'll see you back here live next Monday at 8 p.m. Good night, folks. Good night. Good night, everybody. We're all veterans of a battle, and the 
towards 